Welcome to the craft life. In every episode, we'll dive deep into the rabbit hole of all things branding and marketing within the craft beer industry. Be prepared to be injected with tips, processes, and ideologies from those in the industry that are executing in a unique and creative fashion. If you're looking for ways to cut through all that noise and find or redefine your craft by creating long-lasting impressions, memorable experiences, all while having consistency in your attitude, belief, and values, then a craft life is a good fit for your life. Let's get crafting. Welcome everyone to episode 12 of The Craft Life. I'm here at Yeasty Brews with Dan Squared. <laughs> and Daniela with an E and Dan, who are the founders, owners, brewers, and everything in between. Um, you know, when I came in here a couple of times talking to you guys and hearing the build out and everything like that, just had to say you guys are the brewery version of Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, um, super excited. This this place is uh, just super nice design, aesthetically pleasing. Um, two of my favorite things about this brewery. Number one is uh, besides the beers, obviously, number one is that awesome uh, pillow over there, Dark Vader. <laughs> and if you guys, you know, since you guys are on air right now, if you guys let me take it home, I'll bring it back every time I come. But uh... oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. But the second thing, man, is just going to miss it. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, the second thing is just the aesthetics of this place. It's really hard to articulate in words, but it's super cozy. Um, just reminds me of just like. Being back at home, uh, just a, a great atmosphere, and I really loved it. From the the drawings on the wall, and like you guys have to really come out here to see the the just the, the layout of this place is super amazing. We kind of made it to like welcome to our backyard, your family. You know, like you got what I want my backyard to look like someday right here, and like our living room on the outside on the edge of it. Yeah. Comfy, cozy, fun. Yeah. Nice. So thank both of y'all for taking the time out to, you know, chat with me. And uh, we're going to dive into why you named the brewery, what you named it. Um, and the marketing and branding question is, how do you guys com constantly uh, communicate your brand story? Um, also, let's we're going to dive into Banana Slinger, how that helps your brand even before you started the brewery. Uh, so before we get started and dive deep into here, man, let's uh, get a little bit of background about you both and how you started this and everything about craft beer to lead you into this actual location. All right. So um, basically, I met Dan and he was working in the news. And working in the news. Yeah. yeah. Right. What? He used to work on the news. He did like I the was like a journalist or something. The videos and <laughs> editing and all that in a little office. And uh, I had just started my career as a spa manager um, at a franchise. And I told him, I was like, you know, I'm kind of starting to do big things. Maybe you should do the same. Um, so he talked to his managers at the place to see, you know, how he could move up or get a raise or anything like that. And they were like, squash, move mm. to Ohio or something. I don't know. <laughs> so that wasn't no, going to work out. you said Idaho. Idaho, <laughs> Idaho. Yeah, something way less cool. <laughs> okay. so, I mean, I've heard Idaho is cool to go to, but I don't know about living there. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I told him, you know, why don't you find something else that you really enjoy? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know you like drinking, you like beer, you like liquor. Maybe you can do something in that industry. Um, so then you applied at Fat Point Brewing. That was a new brewery at the time. 
And um, at first he was going to be hired as a server, but you take it away. I know you know the story better. Oh, yeah. So I go into the interview <laughs> and I just apply. I go into the interview or I just walk in the back. I'm like, where's the owner at? And the assistant brewer comes <laughs> so up. So you just walked in that place where you, did you have like a rapport with the people or? No, no, so, not at all. Oh, man, look at that. I really know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them at some beer festivals, this and that. And um, like I've stopped when they did bottle releases before their tap room wasn't even open, stuff like that. But no, I just walked in the back with my resume, dropped my resume, was just dropping it off everywhere. And I saw that they just opened or they were opening tap room and they were looking for servers and um, bartenders. So I walk in with my resume, talk to him and start talking to the owner, give him my resume and told him, he's like, oh, you're looking for a job in the tap room? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we start talking, he gets my number and he was he gave me a call up, talked to me on the phone a little bit. What year was this? In. This was 2014. Okay. Going into 2015. Okay. And then he brings me in for the interview and he's like, oh, well, you're hired, but I'm not going to hire you as a bartender. I'm going to hire you in the back with us. He said, it all pays low, but pay will come hot. They'll get there. Mm -hmm. He said, you'll just move up and learn to brew. And he's like, go back there. We'll teach you how to run the candy line and wash kegs and keg beers, stuff like that. And then, yeah, just grew from there. Okay, nice. Yeah. So then how'd you guys get down here to South Florida? Well, um, well <laughs> <laughs> I know that's another full story. Danielle's from down here. <laughs> okay. And I've lived back and forth, kind of, from South Florida, Southwest Florida. Mm -hmm. And honestly, in my eyes, there's no other town that in Florida that beats out the Fort Lauderdale area. You know, it's perfect. You have the suburbia, that's awesome, and it's a 10-minute drive to a city, you know? So you can literally be out in the country or down in the city, wherever you want to go. You're half an hour from West Palm, half an hour from Miami. So I'll start by saying when we decided to open a brewery, Dan was actually working at Fort Myers Brewery in Fort Myers. So okay. this was his third brewery. Um, in between, he moved down here for a year at Lauderdale. So oh, he nice. made a lot of connections. Um, so he had a great time in Lauderdale. So what were you doing at Lauderdale? I was the director of brewing operations. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That, that just wasn't cutting it. And it was mm. pretty far from our house. And at the time... Fort Myers really didn't have a big craft beer scene, mm -hmm. so he wanted to explore either Tampa or Fort Lauderdale. And since my family's from Fort Lauderdale, I said, you know, definitely go there. This way, you know, I can visit every time. Um, and it worked out super well for him. But then I was like, you know, we're getting more serious. I need to spend time with you personally. Mm -hmm. So he applied to Fort Myers Brewery, got a job there, and was doing really well. Um, but we both really had a passion for growing larger than what we were both currently doing. Nice. Um, so we talked about possibly opening our own brewery because I had always wanted to open my own business. Um, I My background was business, marketing, and management. Okay. That's what I had been doing. And I knew when he was homebrewing, his beers were phenomenal. Nice. I mean, I at the time, I didn't even really drink beer. Yeah. But when I drank his beer, I was like, oh, my God. I would he share it with you, all my friends, game, my coworkers. <laughs> yeah, and people loved it. Um, my so when, when did you start homebrewing? When I was at Fat Point. At Fat Point, yeah, okay. Bought, so that was in about 2014, 2015? Yeah, yeah. 2015. Mm -hmm. Okay. The assistant brewer there went to Siebel, then 
he came back, got a job open, big storm up in St. Pete or Clearwater, mm-hmm. and he needed some money to pay off his Siebel and, um, Institute um, education, so mm-hmm. he sold me his homebrew system. Nice. Yeah, and that's the one what, I What kind of homebrew system? Um, we have it in the back. Oh, still here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Nice, still simple, going strong. <laughs> like, stack up. Like put the hot liquor tank on top of your fridge type so that, thing, that and then put the mash tun on the kitchen counter and yeah. the brew kettle on the floor. It's the yeah. same thing you would see at a boys or girls soccer game. Those big Gatorade uh, orange tubs, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> those water jugs. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah awesome. He tricked it out, and it's now it's a brew system, and it works awesome. Yep. And that's what you use right now for your pilots, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, nice. that's what you yeah. use. But I mean, I've homebrewed on that thing so much now. That you have the down recipes I have, yeah, I can just go brew something on my bigger system, and chances are it's going to come out very similar to that homebrew. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Like sometimes you won't even tell the difference. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's get good. back. So you guys <laughs> are thinking about moving to Fort Lauderdale. You started working yeah. up in Fort so Myers. Fort Myers. We had decided that we wanted to open the brewery, and um, Dan, unfortunately, at the time had a non-compete, so we were like. Should we stay? Should we go? What do we do? And I had originally told him, you know, maybe find some other partners that you can do this with because I was getting bigger in my career. And it just didn't really pan out. You know, people talk a lot, but not many people actually like cross the bridge. So I said, you know what? If we're going to make this happen, I got to jump in. So nice. that's the day I said, quit your job. I'm ready to do this. Oh, man. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you guys. So, that's awesome. <laughs> that was it. He he left uh, Fort Myers Brewery and got a serving job. Um, he's super personable, so that mm. was easy for him to, you know, jump into serving and doing all that. Um, and we started looking for locations in Fort Myers. So okay. we did start that way. Um, we were doing all of our research, going to like the small business association. And so what were you doing before you actually told Dan to do the take the jump? Um, I was running a med spa franchise. Oh, okay. So Very yeah, cool. Very we cool. actually, um, I do still do that part time. Still is running. Yeah, that we're expanding throughout the country, so oh, it's man. something that I've been doing for a long time. Okay. And um, I'm really passionate about marketing and branding in general, so that's something I I enjoy nice. doing no matter what. Um. But we were we were looking for locations, and then we realized when we really got into like negotiating a lease that this is long term. Like mm. it, we were talking fifteen years. Oh wow! So we both really sat down and said, "Okay, is this what we want to do? Yes, we want to do it. Is this where we want to do it?" Mm-hmm. And we both said, "No." It was a quick no. It was a quick, a hard no for me to do it in Fort Myers. Yeah. So at this time, have you been down to Fort Lauderdale? Um, oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so, okay. So, yeah, you know, I was the head brewer. Oh, that's right. I was the head brewer. Yeah. Okay. So, you were commuting? Yeah. Um, no, no. He no. moved here for a year. Okay. And yeah, then moved back. And then we both made the move together. Got you. Okay. Um, but what happened was when we decided we want to move here, we were like, you know, long term, my family's here. We're going to have kids. And then, not just that, the whole culture down in South Florida is so different from mm. Fort Myers. I mean, here there's good food, there's good music, there's it's like a melting good pot. everything. No, yeah. yeah. like handcrafted down here. Yeah. Or art, you know? Mm-hmm. We're all yeah. about culture and art and music and Which exudes funky through everything. This yeah, yeah, so exactly. being where we were, it was very monotone. It was more uh, retiree, golfing. Yeah. So that really wasn't our, our vibe. Um, so we said, you know what, let's See what we can do. And honestly, he, he made so many connections through 
for um, through Lauderdale that he met John Falco from oh. Lincoln's Beard. Yeah. And he had offered to let us contract brew. So we said, why don't we take a stab at that, you know, while we're in transition of moving? Mm -hmm. um, so the best beer that we had home brewed or so that our friends had told us was the best. We were like, let's pick that one. Let's do that. And what it ended up one? being the Banana Slinger Milkshake Hefeweizen. Yep. So we're like, all right, we have no idea how it's going to go, but let's, let's, do, let's it. do it. Well, it was easy, you know, easy decision. Great beer. And there's one Hefeweizen on the market down here that mm -hmm. we had to compete with. And a lot of restaurants were willing to take two Hefeweizens. But, like, if I chose an IPA or something, I'm I'm fighting for it. Because we were distributing into restaurants. I'll be fighting, like, 100 different breweries down here for a tap handle for an IPA. For know? sure. Yeah. And no no one would notice it. But once I said Hefeweizen, Falco was like, wow. That's actually a really good idea to distribute a Hefeweizen. Yeah. And it had a twist because yeah. the lactose and vanilla beans. So, so nobody a, was doing that. It's like a banana oh, milkshake. Yeah. I call it a milkshake Hefe. So how did that uh, conversation even begin with you and Falco? Oh, a while ago. I mean, so you got, you I basically him, you were over at Lauderdale Brewing. Yeah, a long time ago, I was like, I want to open a brewery. Okay. And then I left and I was like, everyone's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to open a brewery. <laughs> but I had gotten the job at Fort Myers Brewing too and that was just like kind of a stepping stone for me to have a job in between and see like am I going to go anywhere in the beer industry working for someone else yeah or am I going to have to take things upon my own and do my own thing that's okay. kind of the mindset you know because mm -hmm. I got a little comfortable working for other people but it gets but then it's easy Danielle to get comfortable definitely made me yeah, realize, for like, sure. yeah Danielle definitely made me realize that there's no money in working for someone else. For sure. You know, you're like, hit that, you can only hit that, get so glass, far. Yeah. You hit a plateau and mm -hmm. you're not going to get anywhere else. Like, but it wasn't also just about the money. It yeah. was it was just the about passion. having the creativity and the room to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. And he was so passionate. He was reading books all the time, doing homebrews all the time, listening to podcasts. And I was like, this some, dude is some obsessed. Some of my bosses <laughs> got mad at me for reading too many books and listening well, to podcasts. Because they didn't want you to replace them. They didn't want you to replace them. Yeah, so. right? <laughs> yeah, he, he was like bursting at the seams. So yeah. when I saw his passion, I had never been passionate about anything the way he was about beer so i was like you know what i need to help him get i felt like that parent that like gets their kid to be a star you know yeah, what i mean you know, yeah. i call myself the talent the manager talent. Well, for sure <laughs> i mean it's boring when you work for someone else you're brewing their recipes yeah. and it's literally the same two recipes every single day there's once in a while you might get to brew something different but mm -hmm. it's just a say like they're like, oh, this is, we're running low on this. We need this, like, ASAP, you know? And it's just the same beer, especially for production. Just one beer, the same beer every single day. And I'm like, there's nothing fun about this beer either. Yeah. Let's, and I, I would bring in some of my homebrews. I was like, try this. Like, And the, they would say to me, one time I brought an IPA, and one of the guys said, oh, you how'd you get M43 down here from... <laughs> What is it? Old Nation Brewing or whatever? Okay. Um, I was like, that's not M43. That's one of my homebrews. He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And then then they found out it was one of my homebrews. They're like, oh, well, it's all right. And I was like, you literally just said it was one of the best IPAs out on the market right now. And now you're going to say, oh, it's just all right. So I was like, yeah, whatever. That really opened my eyes to like, yeah, let's get this thing going. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then you guys both moved down here. 
um, with the idea to open up a brewery. No, you, we actually built the brewery while we we're over here while we were still living in Fort Myers. Okay, we're a contract well, brewing. I was driving back and forth from Fort Myers. What three times? The story a week gets a little deeper. Like okay, that, to go yeah. to so, do sales runs, like to go sell our beer. So let's talk rest. about the contract brewing. So you guys were contract brewing. Um, that was going really well. You were getting yeah. picked up on tap handles. Yeah. Um, and the idea for you when you started contract brewing was to eventually open up a brewery. Yeah, we yep. wanted to feel out the markets, see if people like the beers, see what it could be. Um, you know, because making the leap can be scary, and we wanted to make sure, sure that sure. we weren't changing our whole lives for nothing. Um, so we started the contract brewing, and we realized that it was going pretty well. But logistically, it was hard to do contract brewing, mm. um, especially because we lived in a different city. So we decided quickly, like, okay, we need to just find a warehouse in the middle of nowhere build it out and just have a brew house like it wasn't open to the public so we didn't really have to (laughs) do anything special you know and luckily um my dad knew some people he got us a warehouse um i contacted the city immediately just to say like hey is this okay can we do this we called like 13 cities in the south florida area yeah to see if we could open a brewery and water hill was really the only Supported? city that was like absolutely open. Well, a not only here. absolutely, nice. they said we were looking for a brewery. So ah. that instantly like week, was they, perfect. They said, let's go. That week, I guess they had a city meeting saying with like all the top people in the city saying, let's find a brewery to get in Lauder Hill. Yeah. Then six days after that meeting, I walk in saying, can I open a brewery here? And the head of zoning was like, oh my God. It's like God just answered our the stars. Just aligned, huh? <laughs> the stars, the stars aligned. aligned. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So from that day forward, they told us about their plans to redevelop mm-hmm. and um, change the city and build a downtown. So what, what year was this now? This was 2018. So 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, so at what point? Three, I'm just trying to get the timeline this correct. This was about two years ago, two and a half years ago. So yeah, November 2018 was when we sold our first batch, I believe. Oh, out of, um, out of out our, of our warehouse. Yeah. So when did you yeah. start contract brewing in relation to that date? <laughs> a uh, month before. <laughs> a month before. Yeah, September. Yeah, on my birthday in September 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, September yeah. 20. So you, so you guys moved fast. So your it initial... Took us like yeah. a year. It took us... We were in Fort Myers looking for places for about eight months. Looking for places down here. No, here we found the place quick. Like everything went boom, boom, boom. So while we were doing the contract brewing, we were Mm -hmm. building that place out and everything, it went fairly quick. Our first batch we brewed in the warehouse, we had just run out of our last batch from Lincoln Spears. So like timing worked out perfectly. Looked like the stars aligned for you guys really well. Yeah, and then we we got it going. but then throughout, I mean, distribution was great because we got our name out there. We mm-hmm. met a lot of people. We did a lot and of the things. the branding. So at what yeah. point did you decide to go with the name? Oh, immediately. Immediately. Like the day I quit my job at Fort Myers Brewery. Okay. Oh, Yeasty uh, Brews? Yeah. That I name? Like yeah. Name. <laughs> so for everyone who's listening, if you guys don't know the story, what does that actually mean? Because, you know, okay. a lot of people hear the so, name Yeasty yeah. Brews. They're like, ah, what does that actually mean? So it stems from, I mean, it was kind of random name, too. Mm-hmm. The name kind of goes with the logo as well, but started out watching the Super Bowl back in like 2016 or something like that. And Bud Light commercial comes on and says, our beer is made with four vital ingredients, um, rice, barley, hops, and water. I was like, well, where's the, where's the yeast, bro? Yeah, where's, where's the, the yeast? yeast? Uh, so it's 
just hoppy rice water. <laughs> like, that's it? No yeast or anything? I was like, oh, that's why it tastes like crap. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. So. so I was like, you know what? And then a lot of breweries I worked for, they all wanted to do, fil- they were all filtering and this and that and using just whatever cheap yeast they could find at some, mm. of, at some of these places and like just not wanting unfiltered beers mm-hmm. and not really caring how they're not wanting filtered flavor. Yeah. Oh, unfiltered. Yeah. Not wanting unfiltered beers. And they wanted just like a plain American like, yeast strand, you know? And even some of these places, like a couple of these places, like some of their Hefeweizens were like straight clove, you know, just because they wanted to do production and rush it and this and that. And so, but I mean, other than that, all the beer, American beers were great. And I was just like, well, here, I've tried this different yeast. Let's mm-hmm. try that. Uh, actually, the Hefeweizen, Banana Slinger, I've gone through and researched like 12, 13 different strains of Hefeweizen yeast until I found the one we wanted. You know? Nice. And many brewers don't do that. They just do the one thing, see what yeast is cost um, effective for them, mm-hmm. and then they'll just pick that yeast without even trying it. Yeah, for us, we yeah. highlight the yeast. The yeast yeah. is pivotal to all the flavors in our beers. For sure. And especially the Hefeweizen. That was our main that beer. Was our so yeah. we were like, you know what? Let's. He said yeasty beers. He suggested at first. I was like, ah, but then it grew on me. It grew on everyone. <laughs> so let me just get the timeline correct. So you were working at Lauder Ale when you met with the owner of uh, Lincoln Beard. Yeah. And he basically said you were talking in conversation and you talked about the Heffenweiser and the importance of having, you know, or less competition. Plus, you were able to brew a Heffenweiser like that tastes phenomenal. And it yeah. does. <laughs> um, so at that point, um, you started contract brewing with him. Not and, yet. Oh, not yet. Because um, he had moved to Fort Myers. So they had talked about it. Falco had offered it, but we were too that's, that's early super, that's in the super game. Cool. Yeah, we, yeah, we just weren't sure. We didn't mm-hmm. want to do something when we when we weren't sure. So he And then he ended up moving back to Fort Myers mm-hmm. and working at another brewery. Gotcha. But it was during that time that Yeasty we finally said, okay, this is your third brewery. You want more room to grow. I want to open a business. Let's. That's when Yeasty Brews was born, really. Okay. When, so what when year was that? that? That was probably the beginning of 2018. Okay. Um, we started our official My last name. Day at Fort Myers Brewery was New Year's, I think. Yeah, in January, January 2018. Yeah. Oh, very nice. We started UC Brewers. Yeah. Okay. So then you guys are about three years old. Yeah. 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 And then our first batch was brewed nine months after that. It's kind of like ha- like having a baby, you know. We, were, <laughs> we <yeah>. conceived <laughs> in January. Then our baby was born literally on my birthday on nice. September 20th. You know, it's got nine, literally nine months later. Yeah. Nice, nice, so nice. That's funny so, how it worked out. Yeah. So the name was, you know, created. Yeah. Um, tell me a really cool story about um, getting into different tap handles and getting into different uh, bars oh and God. restaurants. That was fun. Yeah. Think of bar hopping. <laughs> All right. Think of the best night you've ever had bar hopping. Mm. Now turn that into like 10 bars a day. <laughs> and just getting to know the owners of your favorite bars, the managers, the bartenders, and everything. Nice. And then you just go in with all that energy, you know. And well, he has a lot of charisma, out, too. Yeah. He, he, he meets beer. people yeah. and bam, bam, like yeah. everyone's having fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, 
I got trapped in that web the other night. Exactly. So he loved, he was great at that. I I literally packed a cooler up the day we brewed our first batch and went out with our distributor at the time was Nomad. And I packed up my cooler at the time Mm -hmm. just with, I I bottled up an entire batch of homebrew batch banana slingers. So like something like 30 bottles or something like that. And, but I left some at home on my keg so that way I could drink it later (laughs) because I love that beer. Um, so I got to, um, Miami to yeah. Lincoln's beard at night. Cause we were going to brew the beer at like six or 7 AM. I got there at like maybe midnight, mm-hmm. 1 AM. And I was like, uh, I need a beer. Cause I drove from Naples that night. And I was like, I need a beer. So I go down to like, um, I think, what was it? Bow campers or whatever is down there. Um, in Miami, right okay. near Lincoln's beard. Mm-hmm. It was like a sports bar. Go for a drink. And then the bartender says, oh, you look like you could use another beer. But I already did last call. So sadly, that's the only beer you can have. And he's like, but there's a bar down the road called Boogie's. Boogvillia's. Okay. So they're open until 5 a.m. So I was like, ah, no, I can't be up that late. So I drive back to Lincoln's Beard and sleep in my car. I couldn't fall asleep. Okay. So I just went straight to, I was like, I could use another beer. So I drive straight to Boogie's, <laughs> get in there. Start talking with the bartender Q, and we start talking. And I tell him, "Oh yeah, I'm brewing at Lincoln's Beer tomorrow. They're brewing our beer for us." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, we love Lincoln's Beer, this and that." So I was like, "Yeah, you want to try some homebrew?" And there are a few people at the bar. I got a couple bottles out of Banana Slinger, poured it for everyone, and they loved it. And nice. instantly, our first batch of beer—that was the first bar we ever got a tap handle in—was Boogie Valius, just that. because that night. Nice. Yeah. And you guys already had the same tap handles with the peace sign? Yeah. With, nice. No, we've no, gone no, we through had, iterations. Oh, iterations. Okay. <laughs> we've gone through. Yeah. These are like generation like four. Okay. Yeah. Five. That's what happens. Yeah. Generation four or five tap handles. Yeah. We've yeah, gone through with time. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Tap well, we tried designs. something new. We I feel like we were one of the first people to have 3D, 3D tap handles. Um, I reached out to someone on Instagram that I found. And I saw he was doing other ones for, like, coffee shops. And I was like, uh, what, what can you do with ours? So he designed it. Um, but when we first got it, like, we neither of us knew the logistics of beer tap handle layout. So he made it too wide. And then the bottom wasn't, um, like, sturdy enough. So they were breaking. Yikes. Okay. So, yeah, then I went back to him. He changed it up. And then we went through, like, three other styles. Nice. And finally, we found one that we loved. And then it was funny because, like, um, Lincoln's Beard, they loved them, too. They picked them up. And they did some awesome ones. If you see um, their new location, Maxwell's, Yeah. Uh, all their tab handles are from the same company we use. And yeah. it's cool to see that that guy that does the 3D printing now is, like, pushing himself outside the box through all of his customers. So we Very love cool. that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we're even now pushing him further, and he's making us flight boards that are 3D printed. That is going to so, be dope. Yeah. yeah, I'm super stoked. So when is that going to be in? Um, probably in the next two weeks. Um, Very cool. People have been like well, loving the flights. Some so. of our flight glasses don't fit our current flight boards, too. So, <laughs> so it's a good uh, upgrade. Instead then. of getting rid of glasses... Why don't we up, just uh, upgrade? The why don't we just get new flight boards too? <laughs> yeah, we needed more anyway because yeah. they they've been we have flying. What, seven flight boards, and if we got 30, 40 people in here, that thirty or forty guests in here, they each want a flight. So I have seven out. I'm like, oh man, well, you want a pint? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, and that kind of like ties into without actually going into 
the nitty gritty of things. It really talks about why branding is important, right? It was able to oh, get yeah. you on game at these different bars yeah. and restaurants and stuff yeah. like that and get your name out there before that was even started. Yeah. Um, I mean, the tap handles were so cool. People at those bars would just sit down and see the tap handle. And that, it was that like grabs their attention. Listen, it does, it does grab people's attention. <laughs> like, it was what, what, what is that over there? Yeah. 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 It's like the old, I always say it's like the old MIA tap handles that were just like, Neon colors, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone saw it and it was tall. People were like, oh, that's MIA. Let's have that beer. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Awesome. Know. Awesome. Which And also coming back to this, the main topic of the day is like, how do you communicate your brand story consistently? You guys obviously started your company in early of 2018. Three years now, you, fi- you finally got a physical location. So, you know, you guys have basically transformed from go- starting off in being contract brewing then now having your own location and um, really just selling out of your tap room. So how do you have that um, that communication with your brand story? <clears throat> um, honestly, the first thing was the Milkshake Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. So through that, um, we kind of tried to think about like words that describe us. Mm-hmm. Um, Funky Fresh was like the first thing that came out uh, because we take a traditional beer and then we make it with funky fresh ingredients, uh, the lactose, the vanilla beans, you know. Um, And then the main reason why we moved here was because of music and culture and things like that. So put it all together, that's how we wanted to translate our whole vibe in general. Um, So that set the tone for the tap room. You know, we have the art. We're getting live music soon. We have all the colors that make you feel good. Uh, So... That's really what we wanted to showcase. And, you know, a lot of the stuff is built by us, a lot of the woodwork. And that's something also we showcase because we love handcrafting everything. For sure. One of our favorite places was Wynwood, you know, back in the day before. A source of inspiration, huh? Yeah, before all these like high rises started getting built there in condos and they started tearing stuff down. But that's a different story. Um, But yeah, Wynwood was one of our favorite areas. And that was like the huge inspiration for us. And so when the city was like, oh, yeah, we want to make it like a Wynwood, because we were looking at areas in Wynwood to open, but it's just so expensive there. Yeah. So when they said they wanted to do Wynwood here, I was like, oh, my God, now we definitely have to do this. They're speaking your language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. I'm like, it can take Wynwood and or this can become like the new old Wynwood. You For know? sure. For yeah. sure. So kind of tie everything together man um branding and telling your your brand story is super important and obviously it worked out for you guys um through everything that you guys learned through contract brewing um and then you guys also had to tap you know getting involved in distribution and whether you guys wanted to go that route say that route or open up your tap room and focus on the tap room and the environment and creating the culture that you guys really did right off the bat you know like social media was screaming your guys name and <laughs> seeing everything that you guys have done in short amount of time really speaks to your brand and speaks to who you guys are and it also ties into your beer you know great beer great environment it truly speaks to everything that you guys do and who you guys are as you know individuals and stuff like that so touche and cheers to that thank you i don't have a beer you don't have a beer so for you guys listening um (laughs) what are we drinking right here I'm gonna, not going to lie. Dan came up with this all on his own. Usually I help with the flavor profiles, yeah. but he I got to hand it to him. Yeah. So go ahead and tell me about this, man. All right. So this is a pumpkin milkshake IPA. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so mm. it's all Falconer's so Flop, freaking good. Falconer's Flight hops, mm-hmm. and the Falconer's Flight gives it kind of that like... Um, Which, sorry to interject, yeah. but Falconer's Flight is also it's, one of those underrated... Yeah, to piggyback on everything that we were talking about, um, branding and being able to communicate your brand story consistently... Um, throughout their story, as you can see, they wanted to be different and they wanted to specialize in a different beer, um, which Heffenweiser, for anyone who doesn't know, is it's really you don't see it often. And when you do see it, it's not as good as you might think. So they really hit the, you know, hit on the head with coming out with a banana slinger because I even heard about this. I don't even know who they were or anything like that. Um, but that kind of put them on the map. So branding, as you can see, really was a great success to your you know, your business that you guys are doing and this great, amazing um, brewery. So definitely Thank some you. good stuff. <laughs> I mean, Branding or marketing. I we feel do like have a peace sign, so you know it's a peaceful place to come in good vibes. and to leave, but we never say goodbye, man. <laughs> well, I like to say, we'll say we'll stick see you with soon. your passion, do what you love, be true to yourself. That's the biggest mm, thing. That's um, a big one. Branding was easy to us because we did what we loved, mm-hmm. and we didn't have to force ourselves to like make something up or create a persona, and honestly, I got that off of a... Uh, Netflix video I saw about like Instagrammers and how they you know are doing everything for their fans and then deep inside they're like who am I and I was like oh my god I learned a lot from that like Absolutely. so branding I said let's brand who we are mm-hmm. and you know that that's and it what makes really it easy shines. if you actually brand on who you guys are exactly. and speak your authentic self versus trying to be something yes. you're not exactly yeah, so love got- who you are <laughs> love what you do and it'll show and and I feel like we're so blessed to be doing this and everyone that we've encountered is so awesome meeting people like you you know, it just makes all of this journey like so worth it, so exciting, and I'm excited to just keep you, <laughs> moving forward. Did you tell them that? Like, I mean, we see ourselves more as a lifestyle too. That's that's instead interesting. Instead of a company, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, I like that. Company, I like that. I actually never heard of it before. You know, <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you come in here, you're like, yeah, hey, let's chill. I'm like, yeah, let's chill. You know, I mean, I'm the bartender. I keep it responsible in here, but mm-hmm. it's like. I'll still come have a beer with you behind the bar. Play games game, with you. Game, For sure. Like, set up, and set dance. Up a card game. Like, what do you and mean? if you guys want to dance. And dance. We <laughs> dance. It's all about camaraderie <laughs> and having fun. Like, yeah. we're not just working here. Exactly. It's about, this is our lives. This is what we do every yeah. day. So we want it to be enjoyable. I mean, I'm here more than at home. But then again, look at this place. This is a home. This is a home. <laughs> definitely. We made it into a home. For sure. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, y'all out there listening, Yeasty Brews is located at 3944 Northwest 9th Street in Lauderhill, Florida. Their website is yeastybrews.com. You can find them on untapped at yeasty underscore brews and on Facebook and Instagram at yeasty brews. To the craft life community, keep drinking craft beer. Peace and love. We out.